And now, it's time to sit back and enjoy the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Broadcast. The Walking Dead. Hello and welcome to Walking Dead Wednesday number 13. This is episode number 13 of Walking Dead Wednesday. I am Captain Redundant Chris Honeywell, and I'm here with my two co-hosts. Of, you know, there's different co-hosts, whoever can make it this week. Who made it? Mr. Sean Engel. Hey, everyone. How's it going? And Mr. Bill Robinson. Hello, everybody. And we are here to cover Walking Dead number 49er. The episode, the issue after the issue where pretty much almost everybody bites the dust. Yeah, that's kind of amusing. And the uh, and the opening uh, on the opening page where they usually uh, synopsize what happened in the uh, last book uh, that previously happened was Tyrese is dead, Herschel is dead, Patricia is dead, Alice is dead, Billy is dead, Axel is dead, Lori is dead, Judy is dead, Rick and Carl live on. <laughs> so basically, everyone's dead except Rick and Carl, as far and, as we know. Right. I mean, they didn't mention Michonne. They didn't mention uh, Dale and Andrea, but those are kind of missing in action. So we yeah. have no idea right yeah. now. Yeah, there's some people who have left, and there's some people who are not accounted for. But <laughs> everybody that we saw last time, basically Rick and Carl <laughs> were the only ones it. that we saw in the last issue. That, that are still alive. And uh, so I'll get right to my synopsis, what it is. of This is going to be one of the shortest synopsises syn- ever in a Walking Dead comic. But um, so here we go. So we open uh, with Michonne out in the field outside the prison, uh, putting the severed head of Tyrese out of his misery and uh, shedding a single solitary tear. And uh, she sees footprints leading away from the smashed-up camper and begins to follow them. And that's just sort of a little preamble. And then the main story is we find Rick and Carl, and they're sort of moving away from the prison, and they're outside, and they're obviously in shock. Rick is also in intense pain, obviously, from his infected gunshot wound and uh, to the gut. And Carl isn't talking much, and he isn't eating. Um, and so they find a gas station or a, a little convenience store, and they're going to rifle it for water and food. And uh, there's a walker inside, and Rick has a bit of trouble putting it down and has to actually drag it outside with a hatchet in his head, and Carl finishes it off with his gun. And uh, finally, they sort of find themselves a house to rest in, and regroup and Rick says he plans on finding maybe a better house and just sort of staying in one place maybe they could meet up with the other people it's better for them to stay in one place and let everybody find them rather than everybody roaming around so he heads into the bathroom and he's gonna check his wound and uh, try to find maybe some antibiotics there and uh, his wound is healing, but it's looking pretty gamey. It looks like it's infected, and it looks really painful and and angry. And so he finds something in the medicine cabinet, but we don't know what it is. But he he takes a couple. He, he can't tell if it's pills or liquid, but he takes he's taking a swig off the bottle of it. 
So later on, he's laying down on the ground, and Carl's talking to him about how he misses his mother when he notices Rick isn't moving at all. And he sort of turns him over, over, and to his horror, Rick looks like he's either dead or just seconds away from it. And that's the end of issue 49. And that's where you, uh, that's where you cue the music. And you left me just when I needed you most. <laughs> So it's, it's sort of, in Walking Dead fashion, it's not as intense as the last one. It gives you a little bit of a break to regroup, but not much, you know. You start, after, after last episode, you realize, you know, that could be the zombie Rick that, uh, that Carl's turning over right now. Or if it's not, it could be the zombie Rick very soon, you know. Yeah. Well, I was wondering too what he was taking in the um, in in the bathroom, he you know, because if think it's... about it a second before he actually takes it, which makes it a little sketchy. Because if On... it's antibiotics, uh, why would he be concerned about taking those? I mean, right. I mean, I guess if you take a whole bottle of them, yeah, they may have an adverse side effect. I almost thought maybe is he trying to take sleeping pills? I thought you know? maybe he found some like you know um, painkillers. Oh, and okay. he was in so much pain that he was just like, geez, you know. Well, and it also begs begs you to think that he might be taking, he might be trying to overdose. The grief right. may have actually right. gotten right. to him, and he might be trying to off himself. I mean, it's it's kind of out of character for Rick, but he just lost his wife and his baby daughter, so you don't well, know what, what could be going through in his mind. Right, that's what I was thinking with the sleeping pills. Is, is he trying to knock himself out? You know, is he... You, you you just don't know what's in those bottles. I mean, one of them is obviously some some type of peroxide or something that he throws on on the wound. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, but or then he's alcohol he stares, or something, yeah. Right, but he just stares so long at the other bottle, you know, because if it was just regular antibiotics, you figured he would just take it. There wouldn't be all this hesitation. No, yeah, you'd throw him right. He'd be just like, yeah. Well, the thing is, you see him when you see him taking it. You don't see him just picking out a couple. You see him chugging the whole bottle. Right. So right. And but it's weird. It's not. Sh- it's shaped like a liquid bottle. You know what I mean? It's sort of. Uh, it sort yeah, of it tapers sort of at like the top, that. and then has a smaller screw top on top. Instead, you know, it's not like a a, a pill container is usually just a cylinder with a big fat childproof cap on the top of it. Yeah. And and this is this is almost like, it almost looks like an old timey, you know, like medicine bottle, you know. That so it's it's weird, you know. It's 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 hard to tell what's what's going on there. I don't know if we'll ever even find out, but some yeah, I I wondered about that. I wonder I don't think he would commit suicide because it's just not in his not character at this point. Yeah, not while Carl's alive, you know. Not not while there's any chance that, you know, he would he would cuz if he was going to kill himself he would probably still try to kill himself to where he would go off away from Carl so he wouldn't come back and bite him, you know? Well, maybe he'd try to take Carl with him. Maybe. That doesn't yeah. seem in his nature either, though. Well, But then yeah. again, when you're, you know, half crazed from a gunshot wound that's infected and feverish, who knows, you know? what what his perception of reality is at all you know earlier on in the book i i don't know why this page gave, gave me a laugh but um 
when he hands Carl the can and says, can you open this? I don't know why. I just got to laugh at it because he's looking at like, hey, can you open this for me? And, and then Carl's like, I'm not hungry. Hey, I only have one hand. Can you open this freaking can for me? <laughs> well, I sort of yeah, went through the same not thought only that, process. It's a, not only that, it's a right-handed can opener. And <laughs> trying to open it left-handed is just a giant pain in the ass. When you're in what? horrible pain, too. Because I was thinking about that, and I'm like, man, Rick must be in pain. He can't open a can. Oh, that's right. He's only got one hand. <laughs> it's, hold- it's just like my good friend Vargas Pike, who, who has um, one eye. And I would be like, Back in the college days, I'd be like looking at a 3D comic and be like, "Yo, man, you should check." Oh, oh yeah. yeah. So I, I guess you know Rick's gonna hold the can with his feet and uh, spin it while he's turning the can opener. You gotta do what you gotta do sometimes. Rick's gotta eat. Yeah, it's twice I've done that joke today. But um, boom. But um, no. man, how how intense? Usually, people were. I think people were sort of bracing themselves for issue fifty. Got hit by, taken by surprise with issue forty eight, and now issue forty nine is saying, "Well, I might still not be done <laughs> traumatizing you, so hang on." And then the next issue is issue fifty, so people are probably just like, "Oh God," because in comic book world, you know, if you're gonna like kill off Rick. By normal comic book logic, issue 50 would be one of the places to do it. Either that or issue 100, you know, some round issue, you know. Yeah, an anniversary yeah. issue is always the time when it, something big is supposed to happen right. regardless. And you can sell you know, sell more of them. But, you know, at the same time, with The Walking Dead, you, you they don't seem to be, you, you know, really care about conforming to, you know those those tropes of comic book storylines but at the same time Kirkman seems to be such a devious bastard that he might do some comic book trope just because you're not expecting it <laughs> at this point so you can't you can't trust anything from that guy I love it I was gonna say that's what's kept the comic going for this amount of time even though it's only just past a hundred issues every one of these issues have just been compelling enough to make you want to get the next one. And it's because of the fact that Kirkman has set forth the idea that anyone can die at any time. And what we saw in the last issue was that come to its fruition. And uh, pretty much everyone died and now we're having right. to see the aftermath of that. We're having to see uh, Rick and Carl deal with that and uh, you know they may not be dealing with it in a manner that's going to keep them going throughout the book. So it's uh, Kirkman really is telling a compelling story throughout this entire series. And it's funny, though, in comic book world, too, a lot of people will make claims like anybody could die, but nobody really believes it. But at yeah. this point in this comic, Kirkman has proven, you know, by issue 48, Kirkman has proven that, you know, anything's up for up for grabs. And... Well, I think I think that in the comic book world, the whole anyone can die, it's usually related to the superhero comics. Right. And so say you're Superman or you're Captain America. And that or boy's cried wolf Lord. so many times. That... Yeah. And, and yes, people can and do die in those books, but so rarely do they actually stay dead. And well, I guess well, technically in this book, you know, they, they don't, don't stay, stay dead, dead here either. 
they they come back as well, but they come back as deformed, decrepit zombies, and they don't come back as oh, I'm Captain America again, or oh hey hey, I'm I'm the Flash, I'm I'm the same guy who died during Crisis. So uh, it, it it does mean something here when when they say that anyone can die at any time because it can happen and it does make the book a lot more compelling than other comics that try and pull off the same thing. Oh yeah. Well, I, I went in in the reading experience of The Walking Dead. Now we're up to I guess issue 108 at the at the time of this recording. Um I sort of in my mind have the pre-issue 48 Walking Dead Dread and the post-issue 48 Walking Dead Dread. And the post-issue 48 Walking Dead Dread is a lot more um, existential and <laughs> scary because that's when you you know it's 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 like in life you know from a from a young age you know you're gonna die someday and you know that death is is the eventual end of but as you get older and you start seeing people you know die you start that starts you know making it more of a reality and that's the and issue 48 was. You'd seen people die up to this point in The Walking Dead, but he spaced them out, and it was almost, you know, like any other, any other thing. But forty-eight was just, yeah, it was. Well, it, it was it was just a massacre. It was, it wasn't just one person dying. It was everyone dying, and the fact that it was a mother and her child as well. And. Uh, a lot of times, stuff like that's happened in comic books, but it's been like really bad writing, and it's been like a way to end a book or something like that. You know, they're like, "Oh, let's have a storyline where everybody dies," and then it usually gets taken back and stuff, or it's or it's used as just a cheap, dramatic way of ending a, a character or a, a series. But in this one, you know, it's early on in the run, <laughs> mm -hmm. and uh, and no. And if any of those characters come back, they're coming back as zombies. So, no, I mean Kirkman really telegraphs, or there's foreshadowing early on that something's wrong with Rick. You know, he's um, uh, he has the wince of pain, and Carl's like, "Are you okay? Oh yeah, I'm fine, fine." And then then he can't take out the zombie later on, and then we see later mm -hmm. he's starting to sweat more. You know, so you know we can tell he's his health is really starting to go down. And then, you know, Carl wants to, well, you know, we, we, we've got to go out and find them. And Rick's like, no, no, we need to hold up here. You know, this is our best chance for them to find us. But it's really because he just probably can't go on anymore. Yeah, he's, Either, he just both, needs to both, lay down. <laughs> both physically and mentally. Oh, yeah, they're, they, they both have to be so deeply in shock at that point, you know, that, you know, well, I mean, the sign with Carl is that he's not eating, you know. And, yeah, he's, and, then, and he's sort of emotionless and blank. You know, he's just sort of like, okay, Dad, that makes sense. Okay, I'll open this for you. But he's he's not getting it, you know. When, when people are in shock or they're very upset or there's something going on, it uses up, like, parts of their brain that keep them animated. I had a friend who just, you know, was having a hard time in their life recently, and I noticed on Facebook that they weren't getting like they were asking people about j jokes you know what's the punchline to that joke and the person had already you know they were not picking up on things because their brain was so 
engaged in in the the trouble around them and and with both Rick and and Carl they're they're both sort of clinging to each other but at the same time well Rick I'm sure doesn't even have a chance to be blank he's just in pain and feverish he's probably just in another world but but Carl is starting to maybe realize that you know he's sort of in charge or if he's not in charge he's going to be in charge soon he could be in charge soon yeah and i think this is this is one of the paths uh this is one of the developments of carl as a character mm-hmm. because because of the death of him you see in subsequent issues the sort of road he goes down his sort of bouts with trying to be more independent and uh, yes you'll see that you know, in some ways work for him, in some ways work against him. And uh, we'll be getting those in, in later issues. But yeah, I think in an issue or so, we're going to see Carl maybe have to he's kind of like know, take on on his own. He's kind of like the reader. <laughs> Up until this point, he probably thought of his dad as pretty much invincible. Right. And yep. his mom to a lesser extent, but probably definitely his dad, you know, because of, of just the way his dad is. And... Well, and now he's, you know, mom's gone, and all of a sudden, dad doesn't look too good. That's quite. Well, yeah, that's... because when he finally, when he finally breaks, you know, and he starts to have, you know, you know, he says, "Dad, I, you know, I really miss mom." Nothing. Yeah. Nothing. Then he turns and looks, dad, and that's what he sees that his dad's basically out of it. He doesn't know if he's he's breathing or or or. Or what's going on? When I was reading this on Saturday, I've got the hardback, so there's no split between 49 and 50. So I ended up going into 50 and and actually reading all of that before. I'm like, well, wait a minute, this is way too long. Where where was the split in the issue? Because it's, I just I remember it so well. It's that that frame it's, of Rick turning over, just like all wet and oh, clammy looking. Yeah. I mean, because these two issues, which, you know, you guys will cover next time, but, uh, you know, it, it, they just bleed over right into one another. It's one, well, I mean, obviously it's one big, long story, but, you know, it, it's this this one scene is played out much longer. Yes. Well, that's one of the difficult things about reading for the trade, and it's one of the nice things about it is you get it all, a storyline sort of all compressed together, but if you're reading the individual issues... You know, if you're not reading the individual issues, you don't know where uh, right. a storyline ends and starts. And there is that sort of bleed over, which kind of, My... I don't know whether it diminishes, but it takes away from the sort of uh, shock ending that you get uh, whenever you're just mm-hmm. reading the single issues. My habit as a single issue getter of Walking Dead is when I get a new issue, I usually read the issue before it again. Because A, they're like 10 minute reads anyway. Mm-hmm. So, but I, I I find that that's I like doing that because it gets you more in the mood of it, you know. So you don't have that you don't have to reestablish where you are and what you're doing, and that's what I sort of that's what I sort of like about the trades, too. Is you get to whole you know you get to follow the mood through from one scene to another instead of you know picking it up and going. Oh yeah, oh yeah! All of a sudden, I remember the shit was hitting the fan, you know. Um, we'll see. And now, now that we're at this point, actually, now that I remember, I get a chance to actually thank you on the air, Bill Robinson, because I'm reading 
this one out of my my trade paperback that I got from you. Oh, oh, placing yeah. all my single issues of of Walking Dead. So yeah. I had my first quandary where I was like, "Oh, I wonder if I'm gonna know where the issue ends." <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, when I the way I started reading Walking Dead, I totally missed out on it. I didn't know anything about it. Um, and at my local comic shop, he's like, "Here, take trade one and two. If you don't like it, you can bring it back." Because he knew he, he would knew be able it to... wasn't coming back. Yeah, you were coming back yeah. for three the so, next day. I got them two, not this last Christmas, but I think the Christmas before. And we had gone through, put all the presents out, and it was like midnight. And I sat down, semi-darkness, and I started to read the first trade. I blew through that trade, and I'm like, oh, I got to go to bed. And I'm like, oh, let me read the next one. <laughs> so I read both trades, and I was hooked. And um, so I, I didn't really start getting into the single issues until like issue 88 or 89. So I, I went back and got all the trades, which is and then now I decided I wanted to upgrade to the hardback uh, Book of the Dead books. And, and that's that's what I passed on the trades to you. I may do that. I may do that someday, too, because those look really neat. I saw I saw some of those at Barnes and Noble and I was uh, really digging them. I yeah, love they, huge. Yeah, because they're bigger. And they're basically two trades in yeah. one book. Yeah, yeah, Okay, are they sort of bound like? Yes, books yes, dead it is a, a weird book. sort of leather. No, well, no, no, no. It's, I was gonna it's, say because the the if they were bound like the actual Necronomicon from like people bound dead, like, in like, human skin, I bound in the, skin. Why the fuck out of that? Oh, <laughs> well, I'm I'm sure they'll come out with something like that sooner or later. But no, these are just regular bound books, just black and uh, they're they're larger than the comic and the trade. Maybe by about, what do you think, 25%, Chris? Yeah, something like that, yeah. Plus, I'm getting older. It's easier to read. <laughs> yeah, I, I started out, I, well, I started out with the first two trades, but then that caught me, and I was, I luckily caught it early enough in that I think I started on individual issues at like issue 12 or 13 or something like that. I had a little overlap with the second trade. Mm -hmm. But... I gotta say, and I, I bragged a little bit about it before, but I guess I should brag about it more on this because this is a Walking Dead podcast. But yeah, um, as anybody who's been following the Two True Freaks drama knows, I had uh, my uh, Macintosh iMac bit the dust after, you know, be, it being about a decade or more old. And uh, so I decided to sell all my Walking Deads, which it's now got me a new Demanza Corp computer. Which is funny. I've, it's a laptop. I've, I've, I think I've switched away from desktops altogether. And uh, yeah, but the operating system's in Italian. Yeah. Well, I'm getting used to it. You get, yes. you know, you get used to it. It's Windows with a Z. <laughs> yes. Windows. Windows O's. It's a little sketchy. Yes. <laughs> All the software is a little sketchy and spelled a little differently and doesn't quite work right. Welcome and, to a Windows of nine to eight. Like, uh, like nine, the only. Yeah, yeah, and like you know, yeah, it's 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 a little strange, but you get used to that being a Demanza Corp employee. You you get used to everything being cut rate or and or. <laughs> Um, uh, actually, Demanzo, it's funny. He was—he's all upset, and uh, I got to do a little research on it. A apparently, there's a Russian 
uh, mafia funded podcast starting up that he's getting pissed off that he thinks is going to step on our toes. So hopefully, hopefully we won't get involved. Hopefully we don't have to be involved in that, but we might hear, hear some of that. Okay. Crap. (laughs) Yes. Those Russians are evil. I, I don't want to have to deal with that. I know. I know. It's it, it basically, yeah, well, you know, I mean, basically what it's going to break down to is it's going to be like, there's going to be like five or six different podcasting empires. One of them will be owned by Disney. One of them will be owned by the Italian mafia, the Russian mafia. And then they'll probably be like one by the Yakuza or something like that, you know? You want a war? You bring a headset. He brings a headset. You bring a microphone. He brings a microphone. You bring a boom mic. <laughs> That's the Milan way. <laughs> oh, I I sent out a package to Milan Italy through eBay the other day. I was so happy. Cross my fingers that it even gets there because mailing stuff, as anybody who's a Demanza Court member knows, between America and Italy is is cross your fingers and it wasn't a vial of the tears of the unborn was it <laughs> no comment they've got they've got plenty of those at the Vatican <laughs> they collect oh. those there yeah really it's <laughs> oh well I guess that's pretty much all, all I yeah uh, really yeah really this was I mean it was a good issue but it's one of those sort of recovery issues yeah whether you need a break, even though it ends really intensely, you need a break after 48. And mm-hmm. this this gives you at least a little chance to catch your breath. It isn't, you know, pounding you over the with action and death. It's just just an underlying um, sense of gloom and doom. Mm-hmm. I'm still disappointed that, you know, what Scott talked about last issue didn't come up come to pass because i would have loved to see rick and carl get some carvel <laughs> oh, get himself some cookie puss speaking of what scott brought up this is also something i forget i'm i'm sort of also assuming now and i forgot that michonne showed up at the beginning of this sort of mopping up there that i'm hoping that maybe michonne's was the one who sort of uh finished off all the people that we knew that might have been reanimated like Lori. Well, that that makes sense yeah maybe she found Maybe she went in and because there were a lot of people who died that didn't get shot in the head. Mm. So, you know, they could all been wandering or or crawling around or something. So so hopefully Michonne went and and did a mercy killing on all the the leftovers. Well, now now the guy that's at the beginning of the issue right after Michonne finishes off Tyrese, there's a guy crawling through the grass now he's making noises like he's a walker, but yet I'm not really 100% sure he was a walker. Like I don't know if he was just hurt. And right. He could have because been. because he could have had a broken reached. spine. He was like off the truck that hit the. Yeah. So it's kind of up in the air as to whether or not that guy was a zombie. Of course, he chops his head off, regardless. But I mean, either I way, mean, yeah. Either way, it, at that point, actually, it doesn't really even matter. You know, it's like. What she get if he's sitting there with a broken spine? She's put or if he's a zombie, she's pretty much putting him out of his misery. Well, I don't think he she's put put him out out of his misery. I think she just killed him because he was involved with the attack. Is the way I took mm. it because the way she looks at him with such disgust, yeah, disdain, and, and, yeah. 
because when you look at him, his eyes aren't whited over. He's not drooling. He's holding up his hand, like, but he's not saying help. He's like, uh, uh. Yeah, like, don't, and, maybe. Yeah, yeah, and then, swing, done. That's a good or, point. I didn't even think of that. I totally assumed he was a zombie, but you're, you're, you're right. I mean, because... been even meaner for her just to leave him there, though. But mm, the, you'd think true. if he was alive that the zombies would have gotten at him a little bit, at least. Would've yeah, had but a they were all... All the zombies were attracted by all the shooting oh, going on right. in the prison. You're right. They all went into the prison. You're right. Yeah, I mean, the only quote-unquote zombie out there was Tyrese's head. Mm -hmm. And that wasn't going anywhere. Yeah. Not without a good, strong wind. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Either that There's or a cartoon that. right there, you know, rolling, rolling, like a little, like the... One of those shell, the what was that shell still Silverstein <laughs> book, like the the missing piece or whatever with the. You are bringing Shell Silverstein into our Walking Dead comic, <laughs> sir. I do not know you anymore. <laughs> well, I think the zombie in the store was the guy that uh, that sold the Carvel cakes. Oh, uh, Tommy Carvel. Yeah. Uh, cookie Boss. Um, <laughs> <laughs> What the hell was a whale? What'd you do? Name? What'd you do? Oh, whale? What'd you do? Whale? whale? And there was. I guess I'm fucking a whale. Ah, uh, somebody get me some ice cream. Yeah, that guy. You could tell. You could hear the the that he was just morbidly oochies. Well, I'm trying to get well. Oh, come to Carvel for no kids. Yeah. <laughs> it almost sounded like he was eating Carvel. <laughs> ice cream cake. Although I'll tell you, I haven't had Carvel ice cream cake in a long time, but that stuff is delicious. You need Michonne's sword to cut it. That's for sure. Yeah, that's that's true. <laughs> um, um, <coughs> Mom used to have one of those, you know, wires with the. <laughs> it looked like a garret, you know. It was a uh, uh, for oh, cheesecakes yeah. mostly she used it for but you would just you know you'd put it in hot water this piece of wire in hot water and you could cut a carvel cake with it because mm. that was birth that was always the birthday cake request after a certain point with us kids were carvel ice cream cakes because yeah you just couldn't get any better than that i don't love how carl's become a connoisseur of cereal yeah <laughs> do you see anything there's some cereal crappy cereal Dude, it's the apocalypse. Shut your mouth and eat it. Yeah, it's it's good to see that he's still there's still some elements of him being of a kid, kid in there. Yeah. yeah, there's still you know no matter how much zombie apocalypse you throw at him, there's still a little bit of kid there. <laughs> you can't take well, what's that old saying? You can't take the kid out of the zombie apocalypse or what? I don't remember how it goes. Oh well. All right. We're just, we're just babbling on. Yep. That's all, folks. That's all. You can sponsor an episode of this or any other of your favorite Two True Freaks affiliated shows. Simply click the PayPal link on our website, donate any amount at all, Tell us which show you're choosing and what message, if any, you'd like us to read on your behalf, and you will be an official sponsor of that show's very next episode, with your message read in the show's opener. 
It's that easy. And there is no minimum donation. Be a show sponsor today. Anytime you plan to visit Amazon.com, please be aware that if you use the Amazon.com link located on our website, www.2TrueFreaks.Libson.com, Two True Freaks will receive a referral bonus for any items you purchase. There is absolutely no additional cost to you whatsoever for doing this. All proceeds go directly toward keeping new episodes of all your favorite Two True Freaks affiliated podcasts rolling, and it really helps us out. So please, use our Amazon.com link anytime you plan to visit Amazon.com. Welcome to Amazon. I love you. Visit our website at twotruefreaks.libson.com. Two True Freaks is always spelled T-W-O-T-R-U-E-F-R-E-A-K-S. Libson is spelled L-I-B-S-Y-N. You can email Two True Freaks directly at twotruefreaks at gmail.com. Join our forum at forumforgeeks.com where you can discuss all of the shows on our feed with us and your fellow listeners. You can find Two True Freaks on Facebook. Just search for Two True Freaks. And hey, you can friend me, Scott Gardner, on Facebook too. My name is spelled S-C-O-T-T-G-A-R-D-N-E-R. You can friend me on Facebook too, if you can find me. Now available, Two True Freaks t-shirts. See our website for details. Two True Freaks is a very proud member of the Comics Podcast Network. You can check that out at www.comicspodcast.com, where you can hear our new episodes when we put them up. We are also members of the League of Comic Book Podcasts. For more information, visit comicbooknoise.com league. If you ever leave your house and you actually have friends, why don't you tell them about Two True Freaks? Thanks for listening, and join us every Monday for new episodes of Two True Freaks. And this is your Uncle Don saying good night. Good night, little kids, good night. We're off. Good. Well, that ought to hold the little bastards.